0: Over the last half a century, the most consistent thing about Doctor Who has been the least consistent thing. The character of the Doctor. Regeneration after regeneration, is the Doctor reinvented top to bottom? Or is there still something that we can point to at any time from 1963 to today and say, that's who the Doctor is? Rachel Donner returns for the news and a dive into the psyche of a Time Lord on the July 10th episode of This Week in Time Travel. Welcome back to this week in time travel. I'm Chip.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: Who is not an Alyssa. Alyssa Alyssa's at an undisclosed location on the beach drinking heavily.
1: I hope she's having a great time.
0: I hope so, too. Her social media has been uncharacteristically silent except for pictures of palm trees and toes in the ocean.
1: Sounds amazing.
0: I'm jealous. Uh, so it's been a while since we've been able to get you on the podcast with us. How you doing?
1: Pretty good. Glad to be back.
0: Glad to have you with us. We're going to talk a little bit about the doctor's personality. We're going to put the doctor on the couch and subject him or her to all kinds of speculation. Uh, but before that, let's uh, take a quick look at the news of the last week and... Just after the last episode came out, we had talked about the famous leak of the scene of Jodie Whittaker at work as the doctor, and BBC Studios were not happy about this, and they actually sued a company called Tapatalk over the leak. Now, Tapatalk is a platform that Lets people more easily access forums, you know bulletin board types of things, not just social media but uh, old-fashioned forums on their phones and the BBC thinks that having access to tapa Talks records they can find out more about who shared the copyrighted materials. Uh, so they filed suit in federal court in California and I got to imagine that there are some nervous fans out there as a result of that. Do you think this is overkill, Rachel?
1: It's hard to say because, I mean, they're in the right. I I mean, this was – I don't know if it's illegally distributed, but it was definitely not supposed to get out there and somebody probably broke an NDA
0: Yeah.
1: in in order to get it out there and you'd have to wonder – given all the legal paperwork people have to sign, like how somebody would let that happen. Or, you know, if it was somebody that knew somebody that got into somebody's records or something. I I mean, I obviously don't know how it happened and I actually have not watched it because I would like to remain pure. But that I will say nothing. Yeah. That being said, I think they have every right to go after people. Um, but if they 're going after software that enables it i don 't know if that 's a bridge too far
0: yeah, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable My, uh, my Cory doctoro sense was tingling uh, when i heard when I heard this news. Um, Tapa Talk's terms and conditions are pretty clear that sharing copyrighted material violates them. And you know, BBC Studios uh, and the uh, BBC News quote said, you know, they take theft and illegal distribution of their content extremely seriously. So I'm like you, I'm not uh, freaked out or anything like this, but I feel a little ambivalent about it because. Whenever corporations start like subpoenaing fan forms or things like that, I just feel a little uncomfortable with it. But this stuff should not have gotten out there. This stuff should not have been distributed in the first place.
1: Yeah, and I know a lot of platforms such as this are kind of in a beg forgiveness state where if something does get distributed through their service that shouldn't be, they take it down upon – a request right and that's that's what they should do so as long as they've done that that to me satisfies the social contract
0: yeah which they did um mm-hmm. it's just that uh apparently bbc studios is just being a little more aggressive than just being satisfied that it was taken down because the genie was let out of the bottle yeah the next couple of Bits of news uh, owe a little bit of credit to Radio Free Scarrow, our friends over there. Their uh, social media sleuthing. Uh, we have found out that Wayne Yip is directing a Christmas-timed episode. Editor Edel McDonald had a reference to that on their CV. We don't know for sure. It's described on McDonald's CV as a Christmas special. Says it pretty clearly, but. Stephen Schapansky from Radio Free Scarrow tweets that Wayne Yip had said that he would be directing an episode around Christmas. I think it's just as likely that we're not talking about a Christmas special literally so much as possibly, you know, like the 10th episode of the series.
1: Or an episode that has to do with Christmas but doesn't air on Christmas.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Can the series premiere in October be about Christmas? That would be fun. It could be. It could. I mean,
1: you know, actual Christmas or the – birth of jesus was supposedly in september so anything's possible right
0: <laughs> now wayne yip directed lie of the land and empress of mars and he also directed some episodes of class he's a good director i thought empress of mars in particular looked pretty good uh, lie of the land was a little difficult for me to pay attention to the directing in because the story i had mixed feelings about and i was focused right. on that um, Now,
1: empress of mars was fantastic
0: It looked great, uh, especially they made the limited budget go real far, and Wayne Yip pulled off Alpha Centauri in 2017. He did. So anybody who can uh, accomplish that has to be a director to be reckoned with. Looking forward to that, no matter whether it's an actual special or uh, the end of the series itself or someplace completely different. And finally, a reminder that we've got Jody Whittaker, Chris Chibnall, Mandeep Gill, Tosin Cole, and executive producer Matt Strevens on the panel at Comic-Con, which has been given a date and time, Thursday, July 19th, 1145 Pacific Daylight Time. No moderator named yet. Rachel, you expressed an interest in speculating a little bit about what might be going on at that panel.
1: I think without a sort of external moderator, the EP will probably do that role, which I think will work well, given that he knows the people. Yeah. And can guide the questions toward what BBC wants to get out there in the world. And will just help them play against each other really well. So um, even if they don't get an additional moderator, I think that will be really good.
0: I, I agree. And that ought to be really good for their comfort level, especially after the recent controversy. I imagine that everybody on that panel will want a familiar, clear hand on the tiller, making sure that it's a good experience for everybody. Yeah, I think so. Radio Free Scar-O. Also tweeted Sunday afternoon that Jodie Whittaker will also be on the Entertainment Weekly Women Who Kick Ass panel Saturday, July 21st at 4 p.m. PDT. I'm just kind of happy that Jodie Whittaker is already being put in that category of women who kick ass, even though she has not appeared as the doctor for more than a couple of minutes.
1: I think she kicked ass on Broadchurch.
0: Which I haven't seen a whole lot of, but that was exactly what I was about to uh, (laughs) To segue toward.
1: Yeah, I think her credits to date put her in that category.
0: I'm not sure who else is on the panel at this reading, but there is nobody else. Jodie Whitaker should be the center of attention, period, full stop. <laughs> so that's a brief look at the news of the week and when we come back it's time to dig deep into the doctor's very soul. This week on The Incomparable Network, The Summer of Marvel continues on The Incomparable as their review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe continues with The Incredible Hulk. Plus, Jason made the team watch Ang Lee's Hulk as well. There may have been recriminations. The recently read podcast is into high gear with brief book reviews of When Gravity Fails by George Alec Effinger, The Mountain of Kept Memory by Rachel Newmeyer, and Nightfall by Simon R. Green. And the gamers of Total Party Kill have released a Gamma World episode titled Daiquiri Whacker. I just wanted to say "Dackery Whacker. All this and more at TheIncomparable.com. Rachel Donner, I would like to read to you a passage from a book written by a couple of friends of ours, Graham Burke and Robert Smith. The book was Who is the Doctor? published in 2015. Note the gender pronoun because Jodie Whittaker was just a gleam in Chris Chibnall's eye at this point, maybe that long ago. Uh, Here's the quote. Crotchety old man? Clown? Renaissance man? Bohemian? Lunatic? Vulnerable? Unpleasant? Mysterious chess player? Romantic? Disowned? Wounded? Lonely god? Alien? Codependent traveler? The Doctor is all of these things and none of these things. He can't be pinned down to a few interesting phrases. He's bigger than that. Ultimately, what makes the Doctor so captivating, so wonderful, is that the Doctor is as big as the human imagination He's bigger on the inside, but we'll keep asking the question, who is the Doctor? So I actually wanted to see if you and I could suss out if there is actually a core to the Doctor, if we could pin him or her down to a few interesting phrases, because it just amazes me that there's this show that's been going on for 56 years and so many changes, but there is this character in the center of it called the Doctor, and... And I'm just wondering if there's anything truly consistent about the Doctor's character in all this time, or is he just continually evolved to fit the times, or both? Uh, Just broad question for you, Rachel, real quick. Do you think of the Doctor as having a core personality over all this time?
1: You know, I I don't think I do. I was thinking about this, you know, for quite a long time when uh, you said this was the topic we were going to discuss today, and... I feel like, so you learn about the brain and vision and how it works where different feedback from your eyes goes into your brain and puts the information together. And then your brain spits out, that is an apple, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's the same thing with the doctor where you, s- these little pieces and parts and phrases and behaviors and things come together. And your brain spits out, yep, that's the doctor. But you have no idea what the pieces and parts are going on in the background. You just recognize the whole. Gotcha. And so I, I do feel like the whole is the greater than the sum of its parts. But it can have so many different parts. But yet I feel like for, for each of us individually, I can say that is definitely the doctor. But I don't know if I could put a nail on exactly what the components are.
0: That's an interesting thought. Uh, you know, an argument in favor of the doctor not having sort of a core personality or not having a whole lot of traits that are consistent from incarnation to incarnation is if the doctor is looking at the world with different eyes or every single regeneration, an apple's going to look different. Mm-hmm the William Hartnell doctor will look at an apple and see something potentially completely different from the Jodie Whittaker doctor.
1: Yeah, I think the metaphor holds.
0: (laughs) On the other hand, I think a lot of fans who have favorite doctors or at least favorite doctors or just are engaging with the show and having difficulty with something that they're seeing, some fans will say, This is not doctorish behavior, that there is such a thing as undoctorish behavior. This actor playing the doctor is not being the doctor right. Is there such a thing as undoctorish behavior? Is there a difference between that's not the doctor and that's not my doctor?
1: Yeah, I think there definitely is. I think the the doctor could be anything. And... My doctor is having a certain subset of traits that appeal to you more than any other. Mm-hmm. And so some people like the humor of the doctor more and some people like the quick wit or some people like the raw intelligence and some people like the empathy, you know, and it's different people are drawn to different personality aspects, which I think you can find any personality aspects you want within each doctor because the doctor is a very complex being and there's a lot to them. And so, yeah, I just really think people kind of laser in on the particular traits that appeal to them in a person or in a, a character that's supposed to be the hero of the story. And so they are drawn more naturally to incarnations of the doctor that show those particular traits more than others.
0: Yeah. Now, it took them a while to sort this out, working through the Hartnell years and sort of coming to an understanding of what Doctor Who, the show, was going to be all about. But after that sort of shakedown cruise, I think arguably there is something consistent in the Doctor. For the most part, there have been deviations along the way in terms of the Doctor being a at least a certain extent heroic figure the the person who's going to stand between humanity or the good parts of the universe and the monsters, do you think that's potentially something that we can at least say well, the doctor is a heroic figure
1: I can see that yeah,
0: okay. we found one characteristic uh uh now the, but that's
1: a that's different things to different people, yeah, heroism yeah. so And each doctor presented heroism in different ways. Yeah. And uh, also depending on the circumstances. So, I mean, we could parse this down if we really wanted to.
0: Well, thinking about the 12th doctor, Peter Capaldi, you know, he was kind of adamant Mm -hmm. that at, at one point he's arguing to Missy at the end of series eight, that he's not a hero. He's, he's an idiot just wandering around trying to do the right thing. On the other hand, by the end of series 10, He's contrasting himself with the first doctors that no, he's he's gotten to the point now where he's made a name for himself standing against the bad people. So even within a single doctor, you don't necessarily get a consistent characterization from one point to another. As a matter of fact, I can't think of another doctor who had as defined a personality-changing character arc, a proper character arc, than the Twelfth Doctor and Peter Capaldi. Can you think of any one of the, uh, others of them?
1: I think the Tenth Doctor did have a bit of an arc, especially coming out of the Ninth Doctor personality, hmm. um, which was sort of the war-weary weight of the universe on his shoulders kind of guy. But then the Tenth Doctor was obviously a little bit lighter and... You know, with that no second chances undertone, of course, but, but the a little bit more carefree and looser with the, like broader with the humor, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but I think by the end of his arc, he really understands the impact he has had on people more than I think any other doctor
0: yeah he starts out pretty happy go lucky then he mm-hmm. loses Rose, then he loses the master mm-hmm. then he makes the mistake of listening to Davros too closely and separates himself from companions and finally yeah. winds up finally winds up with the waters of mars so uh and- yeah
1: i I really think he, after his arc specifically understands the wake that he leaves behind him in a way that beginning 10th Doctor didn't.
0: So that brings me to a few characteristics that I know that at least some doctors have, some personality traits that I wanted to just sort of run through a list real quick and see which doctor's embody those characteristics if we could even go so far as to say that all the doctors had them to a certain extent or if not we could sort of identify the ones who were the most and the least of certain thing and let's start with self-awareness because that's the one that we were just talking about with the 10th doctor is the doctor a self-aware character for the most part and i'm sort of defining that by understands the doctor's impact understands how they affect the people around them, not necessarily any more compassionate or touchy-feely than anyone else, but just knows themselves.
1: You know, I I think in the early days of the show, they're not. But I also don't think much attention was paid to that. Mm -hmm. That it was more about the external and the current situation at hand and there wasn't as much attention paid toward that character development um of the doctor specifically but i do think you know as it moved a little bit later in the show there was a little of that i mean clearly the fourth doctor not self aware at all
0: <laughs> right <laughs> right he had a couple of moments uh you know do Very i have
1: brief the, moments yeah yeah
0: do i have the right is kind of a self aware moment yeah But you're right. Beyond that,
1: you're a beautiful beautiful
0: woman, probably.
1: Right. So, you know, I feel like it's easier to say which doctors don't have these personalities (laughs) than do to some degree. But like I said, I think the 10th Doctor became self-aware. I, I, to some degree, I obviously Capaldi's was very self-aware.
0: Almost to a fault.
1: Yes, to a fault. And I think... I think the Seventh Doctor was, was a little self-aware.
0: That uh, scene and the cafe in Remembrance yeah. of the Daleks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: re- the whole Remembrance story Yeah, kind of is a culmination of this long history with the Daleks and, and what it means to the Doctor and to the universe. So I really think the, the Seventh Doctor fits this.
0: Yeah. I think in general, the newer incarnations of the Doctor are more self-aware in part because, like you said, the storytelling sort of changed and all of the characters get a certain amount of interiority to them, with the exception perhaps of the 11th Doctor. Maybe. he certainly got his hang-ups and we'll talk about them uh, with the next characteristic that I have. But, you know, there are plenty of times when he just seems to demonstrate that he just does not
1: get it. Yeah.
0: Uh, And that next characteristic that I wanted to talk about is attachment uh, to a companions or a sense of place. I'm always fascinated by characters like the 10th Doctor who have a hard time letting go of Rose and the companions around them. I think the 11th Doctor surely got attached to uh, Amy Pond. The 12th Doctor surely attached to Clara. And... That sort of thing similarly doesn't happen a whole lot in the classic series, except I would argue the third Doctor finds himself very attached. Even when he can leave the unit family, once he gets control of the TARDIS, he doesn't. He manages to hang around for unfathomable reasons, unless you read uh, Paul Cornell's uh, third Doctor comic miniseries, where he takes a stab at explaining that. Do any of the other Doctors get attached to anything or anyone?
1: This is going to sound a little odd, but they get attached to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Doctors in general, they do get attached to their current incarnation and are always not too thrilled to have to lose it. Right. And worry what they're going to lose about themselves when they regenerate. Right. But as far as the people and places around them... No, I mean, I think that's what drives the doctor from the beginning is getting the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, it's it's inherent.
0: That's a good point. And maybe we can add another consistent characteristic to the doctor's personality, more or less heroic and also more or less resistant to change. They're happy to change the world around them. They're happy to do more than just sit on the sidelines observing, but they really don't want to change themselves.
1: Yeah, they don't. I mean, you know, some of them accept it in the end because they know it's just gonna happen.
0: Doctor, I let you go.
1: Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But I mean, how many episodes did we go through where we saw a little regeneration of energy? Right. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're pretty stubborn about that. So maybe stubborn is one <laughs> that they all are.
0: I will totally add stubborn to the list of doctor characteristics that is consistent along the way. I cannot think of a single doctor who was not stubborn. Courageous. I think all of the doctors are more or less heroic, but I can't say that all of them are courageous. Would you?
1: I think it's situational because I don't honestly think that any of them are courageous in most of their experience because they are always in a state where they think they're smarter than everybody around them. Mm. And so any acts of bravery, I wouldn't say are necessarily courageous, because they think they're going to come out on top no matter what. Mm. And they have that confidence and that ego to just know that inherently. But I do think they sometimes exhibit courageousness in dealing with Time Lords, specifically. And... That dealing with their own culture and their own family, where there's more of a level playing field. And even, even though the Doctor thinks that they're smarter than the other Time Lords, I think that there's at least a knowledge there that there's some risk if, if the Doctor is stepping out of bounds a little bit more.
0: Were any of the Doctors expressly or typically the opposite of Courageous? I mean, I keep thinking about the second doctor running away during the invasion and yelping. Mm -hmm. I think about the sixth doctor who's not always at his best. The whole line is never cruel or cowardly. Has the doctor ever been actually cowardly?
1: I don't think so. I think the doctor is just utilizing the tools that they have to leave wherever they are better than... When they arrived, to the best of their ability. I mean, one could argue, say, the Ninth Doctor was a little bit cowardly in the part of Dalek. Hmm. Right? Where, like, oh, no. Like, this is bad. Got to get out of here. Right. You know?
0: But that's... But there- but, but that's it's, it's fear more situational. That's not that, yeah, it's situational. Yeah. It's fear fear does not equal cowardice. And although he at the end of uh Parting of the Ways, you know, when he's confronting the Emperor Dalek, he says, you know, coward every time, but he doesn't actually believe that of himself. He's just sort of no. throwing it back in the Emperor Dalek's face.
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean I don't think any doctor is cowardly. Per se. I mean, I see your point about the second doctor particularly, but I've always thought of him as kind of like Gilligan on the outside and the professor on the inside. (laughs) And and I think the TV era has something to do with it. But Why I make that.
0: That was a quote made for social media. I adore it.
1: (laughs) You know, one could see that as cowardly. But I don't think so, ultimately. Yeah. Especially when you see where that doctor winds up in the war games, which was so clever and so, since we've said self-aware. Right. And just fighting till the end.
0: A couple more characteristics then before we go. The 12th doctor begins his round, you know, questioning whether he is a good man. And he ends offering advice to his successor, you should always try to be nice, but you should never fail to be kind. And that's an important distinction between niceness and kindness. For much of the Twelfth Doctor's run, he was never nice.
1: No, he did lots of mean things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Were there any other doctors that actually distinguished themselves for their kindness? Certainly not the fourth doctor.
1: No, I... So... We haven't really talked about The Fifth Doctor during this at all, which says a lot in terms of... I mean, I love The Fifth Doctor. But, I, you know, there's a sense that he was trying to have this genteel personality. Mm -hmm. And the sort of ego or the high emotion would only come out pretty rarely, right? right? And so... And I think... That in its of itself is a type of kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, a calm, steady confidence to make everybody around him feel okay about the current situation.
0: Even right at the beginning in Castro Valva, while he's uh, floating in the bad uh, CSO of the Zero Room, there's the mental voiceover where he's basically encouraging Nissa, Tegan, and Adrick, that they have what it takes to help him get through this. And they are, it's almost like a team building pep talk. And that's certainly not something that the fourth doctor would have done.
1: And definitely not the sixth doctor, right?
0: No, no. So
1: I, I feel like the fifth doctor was this island of calmness and of we're going to get through this and I'm going to set an example for everyone around me.
0: You know, I think the 11th doctor is arguably at base a kind doctor. I'm thinking about the doctor, the widow and the wardrobe and the things that he did for the family in that episode, including uh, running taps of uh, lemonade um, and uh, toys everywhere and an accidental trip to Androzani major and uh, putting everybody at risk. But, you know, it was the thought that counted. I think that he was kind. What about the Tenth Doctor? Is it kind to be the sort of person who constantly says, I'm sorry, I'm so, so sorry? Is is that an yeah, indicator of a kind character?
1: I wouldn't necessarily peg the Tenth Doctor as especially kind. Mm-hmm. I think he had his moments, but that wouldn't be a defining characteristic, per se.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. And then finally, I think the last characteristic that I'd like to throw out there is something that I think a lot of fans hang their hat on when they talk about the Doctor, which I don't think is actually consistent from Doctor to Doctor, and that's the Doctor is alien, remote, and... That's a sort of a nebulous word to, to use. It could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But I don't think the doctor is consistently alien and remote from incarnation to incarnation.
1: No. And, you know, even the first doctor is very, you know, the first thing that people say about him is grandfatherly. And that's mm-hmm. not alien at all.
0: No, no. That's
1: comfort, that's warmth. That's familiarity.
0: It's also irascibility. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the, the, he's, he's like a bad grandpa at the beginning and a good grandpa at the end.
1: hmm But very. But that's a very familial way, right, which we would not describe an alien as that, such.
0: That's a really good point. And the fact that he has a granddaughter in the first uh, mm-hmm. several ep- stories and relates to her, you know, in a familial way. That makes him recognizable. He's not alien in that moment. We say that the fourth Doctor was pretty alien. I would say that the 11th Doctor certainly had his moments. Any other Doctors that were or really were not alien, as far as you're concerned?
1: I think, honestly, the costume has a lot to do with it for some of them. Like, Hmm. I think the sixth Doctor, I mean, you know, he is pretty harsh, but that costume just makes him inherently more alien because none of us would dress like that. Right. But the 10th Doctor, the 11th Doctor, even this the second Doctor, the third Doctor on special occasions at that time, you know, those costumes are recognizable wardrobe pieces that maybe we would put them all together, but hmm. they're very recognizable. But, like, the 6th Doctor, no. Right. Nobody's wearing that. So that's definitely alien. Right. And the fifth doctor just has the celery that makes it a little weird. Yeah. So he seems less alien.
0: Seems less alien. He's also very beige. So he blends into the background very easily.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's – and Capaldi too. I mean he wore multiple costumes, right? Yeah. So – or more so than some of the earlier doctors. Yeah. So, but I even think the combination of his costumes and hair made him seem a little bit more alien.
0: I would agree. I mean, the hair in the end became its own kind of alien life form, to yeah. be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah. The seventh doctor, manipulative and remote, especially when you get into some of the new adventures, and novels, and things like that. And in those new adventures novels, I remember of the few that I've read, there was a sort of an underlying thread of um, the doctor worrying that he was too remote, too disconnected from his companions and the people around him. But as far as what we actually saw on screen, he never struck me as particularly alien. He was almost too much of a goofball to be an alien.
1: Yeah, although I will say, especially with Ace, I think she had just such a high level of confidence and could kind of hang with him in a way that any alienness that he had was sort of counterbalanced by her and her ability for them to just bounce off each other so well. Right.
0: So he possibly seemed a little more alien and a little more odd and. In- Remote when he was hanging out with Mel, perhaps?
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: Hmm. But I think you and I agree that the shorthand that the doctor is alien and other and different doesn't really hold up for every single one of them.
1: No, I don't think it does. But I I do think it's the confidence because I think that a lot of people, I would say most people have crisis of confidence some of the time all the time but it's something we can relate to and the doctor just doesn't seem to have that and i i think that that's what makes the doctor alien
0: maybe in a the, lot of ways maybe the sixth doctor coming right out of the regeneration but we can wave that away as regeneration illness you know he has that. yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's fair but yeah. I think that just that high level of self-regard that is an alien concept to most people. Hmm. And I think that's what makes him alien, at least to me. You know, I can't speak for everyone else, obviously, but I think that's what's the most alien thing about the doctor for me.
0: So I think throughout our uh, back and forth on this, I think we've actually come up with a decent list of uh, some basic personality characteristics that the doctor does have more or less consistently. More or less heroic, resistant to personal change, stubborn, and that's (laughs) that's possibly the one that needs to be put in neon letters. The doctor is stubborn. Never cowardly, never cruel. And finally, confident, having a fair bit of self-regard there. I think that those are characteristics that I would be very surprised if I didn't see them all in Jodie Whitaker's portrayal of the character.
1: I, I am sure there will be a little bit of all of those things.
0: Yeah. Do we have any way of just extrapolating based on Jodie Whitaker's acting talents and what she's done in Broadchurch and in other material. Do we have any basis for guessing what the 13th Doctor's personality is going to be like beyond those points, or should we just sort of sit back and go in with no expectations?
1: I would like to sit back and go in with no expectations, just because I'd like to be surprised. But I think you can take a little bit of everything of what she's done. And I think that's what makes her such a strong actor for this role is that the variety of what she's done and kind of the range she's had to cover over the course of her career. I just think it gives her all the tools to play this part really well. Um, I rewatched attack the block Mm. pretty recently, which is such a good movie by the way. It is so much fun. But she is so fantastic in it, and she's so young in it, or feels so young anyway. But I think, you know, she has a lot to draw from, from that role, obviously, from Broadchurch, and then her theater roles as well. There's um, that monologue that you can see on YouTube from Antigone. Right. That's just extraordinary, and that is pretty doctorish. Like I said, I think she has all the tools to bring out these personality traits that we've talked about pretty well.
0: For sure, for sure. I am super excited to see what she does with the role, and I've got no doubt that she will be recognizably the doctor, probably right from the get go.
1: I absolutely believe that.
0: Rachel, I'm so glad that you were with us on This Week in Time Travel today. Apparently, I'm using the royal plural now because it's just me at this moment. Alyssa, will be back on This Week in Time Travel on our next episode. And Rachel, I hope you won't be a stranger.
1: Absolutely. Can't wait for more.
0: We are at ThisWeekInTimeTravel.com if you'd like to find other episodes of the podcast. We are on Twitter at DRWhoThisWeek. I tweet at numeral 2 minute time lord. Rachel tweets at rmiriam, and she is one half of the Hockey Feels podcast team. Go to HockeyFeels.com or find Hockey Feels on Twitter and Tumblr. Alyssa tweets and tumbles at Feminism, and the podcast is on Facebook as well. Thank you to Christopher Breen for our theme music, to David J. Lohr for our artwork. Please review This Week in Time Travel on Apple Podcasts, and consider becoming a member of the Incomparable Network. This Week in Time Travel will return.